0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Breachside Broadcast, home of the finest voxcasting either side of the Breach. On today's episode, we have a story featuring undead journalist Molly Squidpige and her loyal enforcer, Archie. Ever since the Guild captured the head of Philip Toomers, Molly has been searching for her dear friend. In today's story, she comes one step closer to finding him. I hope you enjoy part one of the parade. Right after this word from our sponsor. This episode of the side broadcast is brought to you by Summer Sunshine Ice Cream Parlour. We have over 21 flavours to choose from, including Rat, Cockroach, Ooze dust and mint chocolate chip. Summer sunshine ice cream is the perfect way to cool down after a hot day in the Soulstone mine. The Parade by Maritakuda Where do you think he went? Molly pondered as she sprawled on a small patch of grass and stared up at the dark sky. How do you think he went? A bat flapped by overhead, shrieking like a terrified child as only the bats in Malifaux could. Maybe he learned how to wiggle his ears and flew away, Molly mumbled. She turned over on her stomach. Several insects skittered out from her dress. Or maybe he pushed himself along the ground with his tongue. The enormous, vaguely man-shaped creature sitting next to her grunted. Limbs, not all of them human, sprouted from his torso as though he was some kind of fleshy tree. Staples and stitches crisscrossed his massive grey body. A pair of ratty pants he'd made for his modesty hung from a half-pair of suspenders. Oh, I agree, Archie. That'd be a lot of ground to taste. Yuck. Molly scrunched up her face. Archie sighed. Yes, ice cream is much better tasting, but you can't propel yourself through the consumption of frozen treats alone. Molly tapped her chin. Though I certainly would choose to travel that way if I could. Archie shifted his position. Oh, I know you would too, Molly smiled, as she imagined how licking an ice cream cone could set one into motion. She rocked herself into a sitting position. It does boggle the mind, though. Where did that good-for-nothing head without a brain go, and how? I don't know how losing him is even possible, what with him yapping all the time. With a moan, Archie stood and stretched his limbs. You miss him too, don't you? Molly asked. Archie huffed. Oh, you're hungry. Molly patted her stomach through her thin dress. After all this talk about ice cream, I am too. Her eyes seemed to gleam in the dark. I know just the place. Molly and Archie meandered their way through the industrial zone. Certain factories and warehouses continued to function even at this late hour. The distant clang and hiss of industry and the stinging aroma of chemicals clung to the damp air. Molly could practically feel her hair frizzing even more. Go on, she said as she puffed her hair with her palms. She'd always thought that her hair liked being hair, that its sheer volume was a celebration of what it was. If I remember correctly, there was a cold warehouse full of ice cream somewhere down here. She pointed at a series of enormous identical buildings. At least I think it was ice cream, she mumbled to herself. With a small string of saliva hanging from the corner of his mouth and an eager smile, Archie plodded along next to her. They passed several empty buildings, huge and hulking. Most were plastered with layers upon layers of advertisements. One night only at March for Union. Parade to celebrate new... Molly spent time trying to fill in the blanks. People come here and then look for every distraction and forget their ear. I'll never understand it, she sighed. One of Archie's smaller hands patted her on the back. This is it, Molly whispered. Lift me up. Just as she clambered onto Archie's shoulders to look through a frosty window, a voice reached him through the cavernous alleys of the warehouse district. No, just ahead, it said. Molly tilted her head to hear better, her explosion of hair bouncing with the movement. And it talks, the same voice said in disgust. Those creepy death marshals keep going in to see it, and it never shuts up. How? Another voice joined the conversation. Magic? Resurrectionist claptrap? Who the hell knows? The first voice replied. All I know is that he doesn't have a body and can hold a conversation. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen, even in this godforsaken place. That's him. They're talking about Philip. What are the odds? Molly brought her hands together in delight and whispered, He didn't get lost. All that hot air didn't send him flying away. "'He was kidnapped!' "'She furrowed her brow. "'Ice cream will have to wait!' "'She hopped down from Archie's shoulder. "'Archie gave a small moan of disappointment. "'Together, the woman and the monster crept down the alleyways "'until by the dim light of the moon "'they saw a pair of guild guards "'leaning against the wall of a guild storehouse. "'All right. Well, have a good night,' "'the guard they'd heard before said. "'The other waved and headed off. "'Have a good shift!' "'Now's our chance,' Molly grinned. "'Excuse me,' Molly called out as she approached. "'Hey, you! Stop right there!' the guard cried, bringing up his revolver. "'When he saw her, he chuckled to himself and relaxed his shoulders. "Jeez, lady! Scared the shit out of me!' "'What are you doing way out here so late at night?' "'What are you guarding here?' she asked, peering all around. "'Is it ice cream?' "'I didn't know the guild started getting into the dessert trade.' "'What?' the guard asked, perplexed. "'No, not.' "'Molly sighed in exasperation. "'Never mind.' "'She smiled at him. "'However, there is one tiny little thing you can help me with.' "'And what's that?' he asked. "'I'm looking for information on my friend, Philip.' "'Sorry, Mum. I don't know a Philip.' the guard shrugged. Oh, I think you do. You were just talking about him. Molly moved into the light of a gas lamp hanging over a warehouse door, wild-eyed. The guard raised his gun. Hold up. You stay right there. Now, now, you don't have to be scared of us, Molly exclaimed, laughing softly at the very idea of someone fearing her or Archie. Us? the guard asked. He clicked back the hammer. Archie lumbered out from the shadows and into the light. A sharp report of gunfire and the guard's curses tore through the dark. "'Excuse you,' Molly huffed, as she stuck her finger through the new hole in her dress that continued into her torso. "'But... I shot you,' the guard stammered. "'I noticed,' she pouted. "'I like this dress, too.' "'Why aren't you?' he began. His eyes narrowed in realization. You're dead. Well, dead. Molly corrected him. The smell of burned gunpowder and the sound of another blast filled the air. You shot me again. Why would you do that? Didn't we just... Molly sighed in frustration. I could forgive the first time as an accident, but this is getting downright insulting. Are you going to buy me a new dress? The guard babbled incoherently about her being a zombie, a monster, an enemy of the guild, of taking a bullet to the chest but not feeling anything. But it all came out as a jumbled mess. "'I just had one little question,' she crossed her arms, covering both gunshot wounds. "'Then we were going to leave you alone. But now?' "'Like hell,' the guard nervously snarled. "'Archie, would you be a dear?' Molly gestured toward the guild guard. Archie stomped up and curled his fingers around the man's throat. The guard shot at him, too. Molly closed her eyes and pinched the bridge of her nose. Didn't we just go through all that? Archie squeezed. The guard choked out something incomprehensible, but his face suggested he was pleading for his life. Oh? Molly inched closer, ensuring she heard him clearly. You're willing to help us now? What choice do I have? he rasped, pointing at the meaty hand and slimy tentacle circling his neck. On light feet, Molly pranced around, pirouetting to a song only in her head. Leaning forward, she stuck her index finger in the man's face. One question. The guard, staring cross-eyed at Molly's finger, nodded. I knitted Philip a hat. Have you seen him? Where can I deliver it? She paused for a moment. Hmm. that's more than one question, isn't it? Philip, the guard stammered. Philip, Molly repeated. The talking head, the one that muckraker Lady Jay has. She leaned in further, her slight frame somehow looming over the man, her dead, empty eyes piercing through him. So, where is he? Archie's fingers tightened some more. The guard looked away. The... Enclave! Molly gave him a dull stare. She knew a lie when she heard one. We were doing so well. Archie? The lumbering giant squeezed and lifted the guard by the neck, holding him a few inches off the ground until he was beat red in the face. Just before it seemed as though he was about to pass out, Archie let go. The guard collapsed to his knees, gasping for air. We can be friends, you know. Best of friends, Molly said, smiling as she knelt down beside the guard. But you don't build a friendship on a foundation of lies now, do you? Let's try again, but this time I'll ask you a question and you'll answer it truthfully. I I can't tell you. Nobody's supposed to... Nobody needs to know. It's just a little secret between friends. We're good at keeping secrets, right Archie? Archie smiled. Now, we both know that Philip isn't in the enclave. If he was, well, he probably would have already rolled his way out the front door by now, security being what it is. And we know he's not in the jail. We would have heard about them using him as a football in there. The guard looked up, tears welling up in his eyes. So, our friend, the creepiest thing you've ever seen. Your words, not mine. Where was it that you saw him again? They'll kill me if I tell you. The guard looked up and whimpered. Who, the guild? Sweetie, those lover warts don't even know who you are. You're more likely to die in some random alleyway than by some pencil pusher. The guard's eyes met with Archie's, who never stopped smiling. Say, what's your name? Molly asked. (laughs) Mitchell. Mitchell what? Moore, uh, Morehouse. Well, Mitchell, More and Morehouse, I'm Molly Squidpidge and as you already know, this is Archie. We just miss our Phillips so much. Now that we're all friends, wouldn't you want to help find him? Molly said convincingly. She then leaned in and whispered in his ear, and if you don't help us, I'll tell Archie here that you're full of ice cream, and that the only way to get it is to squeeze it out of you. I have to warn you, he loves ice cream. The tentacle on Archie's back began to stretch upward into view. Mitchell immediately started talking. I, it's, it's being held in interrogation. The, there's an unmarked building a few blocks down from the Enclave. Uh, really, I mean it. On Crescent Street. Looks abandoned. Just says the address above the door, 1391. Molly smiled and rested her hand on his shoulder. See? That wasn't so hard. Archie backed up several steps, dropping his massive hands while his tentacle absent-mindedly scratched an itch. Now, we can let you go, but only if you promise not to say anything. Mitchell glared up at her. You shot me twice and I'm the villain here? Molly frowned and pulled a small knife from the pocket of her dress. He scrambled for his weapon. Molly kicked the gun out of reach. Archie wrapped his arms around Mitchell and lifted him into the air. Look, I hate to do this, especially to such a good friend. But I just can't have you telling your other friends that I'm coming for Philip. Sticking her fingers in his mouth, she yanked his jaw open. He tried to snap his teeth closed around her fingers. When that didn't work, he strained against Archie's arms and gurgled something at her. I couldn't have put it better myself, she muttered, and sliced out his tongue. Mitchell screamed around the blood pouring out of his mouth. Stuffing a dirty rag in his mouth, she told him, keep that in there until the bleeding stops. She pressed her finger against his lips. And no telling anyone about this, all right. She winked and waved his severed tongue at him. Get it? Don't tell anyone? (laughs) I'm in such a peculiar mood today. He thrashed and struggled, his face full of rage. Don't make me take your fingers too. His eyes went wide and he went still. She patted him on the head. Good. Later that night, Several guild guards in a warehouse district office heard heavy footsteps, a thump, a knock on the door, and retreating laughter. "'What was that?' one of them wondered out loud. "'I wouldn't open it,' another warned. "'Who knows what's out there?' "'Ah, oh, you sound like my father,' a third complained, scared of everything.' She yanked the door open, looked down in surprise. "'Mitchell, that you?' A garbled shout came from outside. All the guards clustered around the doorway to find one of their own with a bloody rag stuffed in his mouth. Ooh, ouch, the first one said as he removed Mitchell's rag. They stared into the gaping hole where Mitchell's tongue was supposed to be. Mitchell howled at them. That doesn't look good, friend, the second one added. We should probably get him to a doctor, the third one said, but she remained riveted to the spot, ogling. Mitchell nodded vehemently whimpering like a wounded dog. "Mm Mm-hmm, the others said, not moving. Ah! Mitchell yelled at them. The other guards jumped into action. Mitchell kept screaming, hoping to drown out the memory of heavy footsteps and the threat of ice cream. That same night, Molly drummed her fingers on her writing desk in a dingy basement she called home. A huge black Remington typewriter took up a large portion of the desk, its worn keys a testament to Molly's dedication to journalism. Archie hunkered down in one corner and watched her. A persistent leak dripped water onto his head. The place smelled of mildew. He liked it. It wasn't ideal, but it was better than the last one, and the next place would be even better, she was sure of it. Just because she was no longer alive didn't mean she couldn't have dreams and ambitions of a place that had an intact roof and a lack of creeping mould. Archie moaned a question at her. Right, right. Philip, our kidnapping victim. Molly jumped up and began to pace. You know, I can't believe he didn't just roll away. She shook her head. How are we going to get him back? We can't very well waltz in there. It's likely to be well guarded. They'll try to kill us. You and me doubly so. She thrust her finger in the air. We need a plan, Archie. Operation Free Philip. He looked up at her hopefully. Ice cream again? Well, maybe after we find him, we will need to celebrate. He gave her a gap toothed smile. We need a distraction. Something to have the rest of those louts in the enclave look left while we go right. Molly chewed on her fingernail. But how? She studied the damaged and decaying map of Malifaux she'd nailed to the wall. Her eyes traced where she'd marked the Grey Lord, the club where she and Karai had set things right. No, I can't ask for help. This is my problem. Molly turned in place. We shouldn't face them head on. Molly thought back to the posters of the events that kept the people distracted. She glanced at her typewriter. Hmm. Archie began to scratch at his belly. Don't play with your stitches, Molly said. She tapped her chin as she looked at Archie's staples, a sophisticated and modern surgical technique Dr. McMorning had pioneered and employed. A smile brightened Molly's pallid features. With a swish of her skirts and toss of her wild hair, she settled herself in front of her typewriter. I'll need a new pseudonym, she said to herself assuredly. They'll come looking. Anyone smart enough to connect the dots, that is. Plus, Miss Polly Tortolin is more of an indomitable editorial gal. Advertisements, marketing mambo-jumbo, fluff pieces are for Ellie. The clunky hammering of the letters embedding themselves into the paper sounded throughout the night. The sun was just beginning to turn the horizon a sickly green, and the early morning mist turned the cobblestone slick and slimy as Molly tip-tapped her way downtown. The wooden sign for the Malifaux Tatler squeaked as it swung in the breeze. Even at this hour, the whirling and thudding of a printing press reached her, Molly inhaled a sharp tang of ink that always surrounded the place. She smiled. It smelled like an expose, the truth, a little sensationalism, and the beauty of an informed public. With a crinkle, Molly slipped an envelope halfway under the door. Typed on the outside was her headline and byline. March of McMorning devised by deceased, by Elthea Pigeon. She rapped on the door with her knuckles and slipped back into the shadows. Molly watched as the door opened. Nellie Cochran poked her head out and snatched at the gift Molly had left. The editor-in-chief of the Malifaux Tatler scanned Molly's article and pressed her lips together. Then she disappeared back into the office. As they walked away, Molly looked up at Archie's sullen face. I know, I know. I would have preferred meeting face-to-face too, but we're on a very tight schedule. There was no time to powder, but don't you worry. She nudged him with her elbow. I have no doubt that she'll print it. Nellie loves me. Or she loves my nom de plume, Miss Tortoline, anyway. Ears to open, she enjoys Miss Pigeon just the same. Archie continued to walk. Molly sighed. No, really, she does. Besides, there's nothing she hates more than being the last one to a story. With a confident nod to herself, Molly continued. It will definitely go into the afternoon edition and before Operation Burn Down 1391 goes into motion. Archie squinted. Not that we're actually going to burn it down. Not unless we have to. It needed a name. And if Philip finds out we called this little adventure Operation Find the Missing Head, I'd never hear the end of it. The only response she got was a grunt. Hm. You know, you could have a little more faith in me, Molly retorted. Archie scratched his head. So this is it, huh? Molly leaned back on her heels. She found herself in a dank, hastily made underground tunnel. They had to climb through the sewers to get there, and the smell still clung to her shoes. It wasn't as impressive as she'd expected. Archie nervously gestured at the iron door. Oh, Archie, there's nothing to be scared of. Molly put a gentle hand on his arm. I would bet the doctor I probably have an eyeball collection McMorning is hiding someplace far, far away from here. Archie's lips pulled back in a smile that looked more like a grimace. That's the spirit. Everything's going to be all right. Molly grinned back at him. She turned back to the door and yanked on the heavy lever that acted as a handle. A rusty squeak answered her. Archie pushed his shoulder against the door. With a grunt and a heavy push, he broke the hinges and sent it crashing to the ground. Well done, Archie! He bobbed his head. The sounds of squawks, shrieks, and piercing screams immediately reached them. Luckily for Archie, there was no sign of Dr. McMorning. He'd abandoned his lab and all of his works. "'Hello, everyone!' Molly waved at all the amalgamations and undead creations filling the cages that lined every wall. The creatures collectively howled at her, and what she assumed was a warm welcome. "'Come on in, new nanny!' A tall, silent, undead woman in a long black dress pushed Philip's pram out from the shadows and in through the broken doorway. Pieces of wood, rolls of paper, paintbrushes and buckets stuck out of the small carriage." With a rustle, Molly spread a blank banner across the floor. Hmm. Monsters for McMorning, she declared as she splashed the slogan across it in red paint. Red handprints and Archie's tentacle prints accompanied it. McMorning made me, went onto a wooden sign with a picket. We march for McMorning, proclaimed another sign. Molly chortled as she created more accessories for the parade she'd fabricated. A slap of paint emblazoned, ''Zombies were people too!'' across a sash. Molly slipped a sash over Nanny's head and placed festive streamers in her hands. ''Don't you look fantastic!'' The Nanny didn't react. Molly gave her a wide smile and a friendly pat on the shoulder. ''We better hurry up, Archie,'' Molly announced as she began to open the different cages. ''We do have a timeline!'' Archie broke locks and let the Doctor's creations out. He winced at the appearance of the other monsters. Molly, on the other hand, crowed with delight at each new creature she encountered and gave them each a name. You look like an Alexander. Oh, and she is definitely a Maud. And a good day to you, Albert. McMorning's various Sunday creations didn't seem to react to Molly's painfully cheery demeanor, but they accepted the signs, banners and pieces of guild uniforms Molly handed them. It wasn't long before McMorning's abandoned creations crowded the lab's main room, looking like the motliest group of necromantic guild fans Molly could ever imagine. "'It's beautiful,' she whispered, admiring her work. As it became more and more difficult to move around with all the bodies in the way, Molly called, "'Oh, Nan?' The nanny wandered over. "'Please take everyone through this tunnel and through the quarantine zone.' Molly smiled and tipped her head. Remember, knees high and streamers fluttering, Nanny. Molly demonstrated a lively march and pumped her arms in the air. Just like that. The Nanny did a wooden mockery of the movement. Molly shrugged. Good enough. To the quarantine zone. She made a shooing motion. Nanny meandered down the dark tunnel. All right, everyone, follow Nanny. Molly gestured at the moaning, groaning, shuffling creatures of McMorning's making. Single file, please. She cheered them on as they shambled past her. Looking good, Hazel. Clapping her hands, she squealed. Great enthusiasm, Virgil. The lumbering flesh construct she'd named Virgil stomped toward the tunnel with dead eyes and a cheery party hat perched on his head. More and more constructs and undead creatures made their way out of the bowels of McMorning's lab as Archie freed them. "'Have a fun parade!' Molly called after them. As the tumult died down, Molly headed deeper into the lab. In a dark corner, she found Archie fumbling with a sealed door. Standing on her tiptoes, Molly peered through the small window set in the metal. Two round, bloated gremlins... Stitches across their torsos, and the telltale colour of decay spreading across their flesh, bobbed about, almost floating in the air. A grin brightened Molly's face as she watched them. The file clipped to the wall called them Little Gasses. Molly laughed as she read aloud. Added poison to abdomens to increase potency and fatality of death toots, clears a room in a jiffy. With a cackle, Molly spun the dial that unsealed the door. Groaning, the heavy door opened on rusty hinges. The little gasses continued to bounce around the room. "'I'll name you Toot,' Molly said, as she took one tiny gremlin hand. She grabbed the other gremlin, and I'll name you Poot.' Archie looked over at the departing wave of undead experiments. The screams of the living already echoed down the tunnel from the distant exit where the undead spilled out into the world. Molly sighed. A spike of jealousy struck her. Nanny was already having a good time. She just knew it. "'I know you want to join them, Archie,' Molly consoled him. "'I do too. But we have other, more important business. We have to retrieve Philip. It'll be fun.' She gestured at the inside of the pram where a knitted hat in a riot of colours lay. I worked so hard on that. With that proclamation hanging in the air, Molly skipped off toward the enclave, her two little gasses in tow. For another episode of the Breachside Broadcast. Join us next time for the conclusion of The Parade.